Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll try to put it together for you. So let's get started. Today, we are back in the book of Daniel. Uh, We are looking at now chapter 11. Uh, and we'll be going uh, verse 1 through 14. Now, as we've said before, chapters 10, 11, and 12 are dealing with Daniel's third vision. And much of this is uh, prophecy that uh, has we can see it has been fulfilled. But in Daniel's time, it was all prophecy that he didn't know anything about. These were kingdoms to come. Now, notice that uh, just in retro, as we remember back, um, God tells Daniel that you're going to have to leave the nation Israel and be taken captive, and the Babylonians are going to be taking you back to, to Babylon. And, uh, you know, Nebuchadnezzar starts this ball rolling. You know, then you've got uh, King, foolish King Belshazzar. And then you've got Darius the Mede coming in, and then you've got Cyrus coming in after that. So Daniel has a knowledge about these kingdoms coming in, these visions. He's kind of expecting uh, after the 70 years is up that they're going home. But he has more visions of more kingdoms coming in, even after um, King Darius. He's having more visions coming in. And uh, he's going to be seeing that after the Babylonians, it's going to be the Greeks coming in. Excuse me. After the Babylonians, the Persians are going to be coming in. And then after the Persians, the Greeks are going to come in. And after the Greeks, the Romans are going to come in. And so it's kind of blowing his mind that all of these kingdoms are going to be coming in. And he's probably racking his brain trying to figure out when and where does um, Israel regain its prestige? You know, and so, you know, he learns that they're gonna, there's gonna be, they're gonna be uh, seventy more weeks uh, that you know are gonna have to come to pass before Israel is gonna regain its stature in the world. But these 70 weeks um, are time that that many, many years uh, are going to go by during these 70 weeks. So they're not literal 
weeks. And of course, the last week is the worst week of all, and that's that last time of the Antichrist that that we um, have been alluding to up until this point. But uh, so for now, we are looking at these uh, 70 weeks or 69 weeks. We're looking at this period of time before that last week where uh, Jesus Christ will reestablish his kingdom and and reinstitute uh, Israel's place in the world. And so all of this world history that we're seeing prophesied uh, now is are the things that God has ordained to happen until Israel is restored. So as we saw in chapter 10, an angel has come and had to fight his way to get to Daniel. Okay, an angel has come, and we don't know the angel's name, but uh, McGee says, you know, it could be uh, the angel Gabriel. You know, we we hear about Gabriel a lot. There's another angel called Michael who was there to help uh, him fight his way to get to Daniel. Uh, but this angel, uh, perhaps Gabriel, is telling Daniel uh, the interpretation of his third vision, this disturbing vision, uh, and as it as it lays out world history. This is what um, he is telling Daniel about. So what I'll try to do is I'll go through these verses. It's fascinating history. Uh, for our perspective, all this world history has come to pass. All of this world history, we can see back in history that this has taken place. So on one hand, uh, it's Daniel's vision interpreted. This is the future from Daniel's perspective. From our perspective, it is the past. It is documented world history. And as McGee says, there are many skeptics of the Bible that always say, well, the book of Daniel was written later after Daniel's death. They called it Daniel. And, and uh, M- McGee says, you know, that's the the part of the Bible that these skeptics cannot understand, that this is prophecy. And so this is fulfilled prophecy. This is proof to our generation that the Bible is true because all of this prophecy was predicted during Daniel's lifetime, written down by Daniel. And this fulfills that God lays all this out for us to see as well so that then we can understand that this prophecy is true and then that even that gives credibility to the part of the prophecy that has not been fulfilled yet that's prophecy for our generation too so we'll take up chapter 11 verse 1 as for me in the first year of Darius the Mede I stood up to confirm and strengthen him so this is the angel speaking again because he was speaking in chapter 10 talking to um, Daniel. And he says, as for me in the first year of Darius the Mede. So this is the second big king, Darius the Mede, who, uh, well, no, the third big king who comes in and um, topples um, uh, foolish Belshazzar. The night he saw the handwriting on the wall. So then he said, I stood up uh, 
to comfort and strengthen him. Now, he's talking about comforting Daniel when Daniel was in the lion's den. So he's comforting Daniel to strengthen him. Verse 2, Now I will show you the truth. Behold, three more kings shall arise in Persia, and a fourth shall be far richer than all of them. And when he has become strong through his riches, he shall stir up uh, uh, all against the kingdom of Greece. And then a mighty king shall rise. Um, So there's going to be um, these other kings that have come in. So you've got three more kings after Cyrus. You've got Smyrtus and then Darius, Histapes, and then a fourth would be richer than all. This would be King Xerxes. And this King Xerxes, and all these kings are the kings after um, Darius the Mede. So you got Cyrus, Samertes, Darius, Histapes, and Xerxes. Xerxes was the richest of all these Persian kings. And so what he does is he invades Greece um, in a big power play there, but he gets defeated at the battle, battle of uh, um, Salamis. Okay, And so after that, um, that's what he's talking about. Then, verse 3, a mighty king shall rise who shall rule with great dominion and do as he wills. This, this is in verse 3. This mighty king is Alexander the Great. So Alexander the Great is going to arise out of Greece and he's going to be mad. He's going to be mad with a vengeance. Okay? And then he's going to try to take it out on the, these Persian, uh, Persians who invaded his home. So then, uh, verse 4, As soon as he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not to his posterity, nor according to the authority with which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up and go to others besides these. So when Alexander the Great uh, you know, conquers, the greatest general probably the world has ever seen, he conquers all of the known world, you know, at this time, the Greeks, uh, Asia Minor, Asia Proper, the Middle East, Persia, you name it. Alexander the Great had everything. So then, at the height of his power, though, in his 30s, early 30s, he dies like in a drunken state. And um, his kingdom gets divided amongst four generals. Uh, two of those most powerful generals of Alexander will be um, Ptolemy and Seleucus. So these two generals, the uh, Ptolemy, he they kind of reigned in the Ptolemaic uh, Empire. That was over in Egypt. So he kind of ran things there. And Seleucus, he's running things over um, in Syria, Persia. Over there, so they continued um, to sort of be expanding their empire, and they were kind of the, uh, in, engaged in this back and forth war. And there's a whole bunch of politics that are going on there that we are talk we'll, we'll talk about too. Uh, verse five. Then the king of the south, that's Ptolemy, shall be strong, but one of his princes shall be stronger than he. 
and he shall rule, and his authority shall be a great authority, and after some years they shall make an alliance. And the daughter of the king of the south shall come to the king of the north and make an agreement. So this Ptolemy, okay, is going to have a son, Ptolemy II, Philadelphus, okay, and he's going to be pretty strong. And then he's going to have a daughter, Bernice, okay. Now this daughter, Bernice, is going to be given in marriage to um, one of the sons or one in in line of Seleucus. Okay, Seleucus was the other general. So Seleucus Nictor had a son, uh, Antichius, Antichius I, and then you have Antichius II, and that's, uh, that's who gets Bernice. So you've got a couple of, uh, you know, like both grandsons of both these generals. You've got Ptolemy III and Antichius II. Um, and so Antichius II... Um, in the Seleucus Empire, was was married already uh, to Laodice. So what he does is he divorces his wife so he can marry this uh, Bernice, and they were going to um, have this alliance. Of course, um, then what happens eventually is Laodice uh, ends up having a son, um, Seleucus II, and so... She poisons Antichius II, and then um, Bernice ends up uh, dying as well. So that's how Laodice kind of stays and keeps her uh, self in power. So, um, so we're back in verse 6. They make an alliance. The daughter, that's Bernice, of the king of the south shall come to the king of the north and make an agreement, but she shall not retain the strength of her arm. In other words... She won't retain the strength of of her marriage, and he and his arm shall not endure, okay? Because he's going to get poisoned. But she shall be given up, and her attendants, he who fathered her, and he who supported her in these times, okay? So, so in other words, um, this marriage of an alliance will not last. Verse 7, and from a branch from her roots, one shall arise in his place. Okay, I guess it. I guess it. Seleucus the second was from her roots. Um, Seleucus the second then becomes king, and he shall come against the army, and enter the fortress of the king of the north. Okay, so, and he shall deal with them, and shall prevail. He shall also. Oh, I'm sorry. What happens is, is that, um, uh, yeah, Bernice and her line does does die, and uh, Seleucus II is from Laodice. But what happens is, is Bernice's brother, Ptolemy III, his brother is gets mad because his sister got killed. So he then, the, the now acting king of the south, attacks the king of the north, Antichius II. Uh, uh, and I guess his son now is Seleucus II. So the son becomes king. So this is, this is referencing the king of the south attacking the king of the north. This is Ptolemy the third. So then he attacks and wins 
the king of the south wins. And so verse 5, He shall also carry off to Egypt their gods with their metal images and their precious vessels of silver and gold. And for some years he shall refrain from attacking the king of the north. Okay, so he goes over there and avenges Bernice. And he brings back all the silver and gold and the images. And then he refrains from attacking. Verse 9, Then the latter shall come into the realm of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. Verse 10, His son shall wage war and assemble a multitude of great forces which shall keep coming and overflow and pass through and shall carry the war as far as his fortress. Then the king of the south, moved with rage, shall come out and fight against the king of the north, and he shall raise a great multitude, but it shall all be given into his hand. And the great multitude is taken away, his heart shall be exalted, and shall cast it down tens of thousands, but he shall not prevail. For the king of the north, verse 13, shall rise, shall again raise a multitude greater than the first, and after some years he shall come on with a great army and abundant supplies. Are you getting dizzy? Me too. This is just a, a story of a big back-and-forth war against uh, one uh, to another, uh, this um, from these two from these two lines of these two generals of Alexander the Great, from the Seleucid Empire to the north and the Potemic uh, 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 Empire in the south, and when it says the north and the south, this is in relationship to Israel. Okay, so Egypt's to the south in this. Um, um, Sort of this Seleucid Empire is to the north. Verse 14, In those times many shall rise against the king of the south, and the violent among your own people shall lift themselves up in order to fulfill the vision, but they shall fail. Okay, so again, just a bunch of back and forth um, between these two peoples. And so what we are seeing and there's in my study Bible, there's just a whole bunch of kings listed, like in, in genealogies of rulers that are uh, listed here. And what this is actually saying is this is the fulfillment of our world history that we see is actually fulfillment of biblical prophecy. So... It shows us that God is in control, that God is sovereign, and that this is God's will to be done. And that is, as he works out world history, for the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy is the restitution of his kingdom in Israel. And all these other worldly kingdoms and great rulers are going to come, but they are going to be inadequate to bring in um, a lasting kingdom. All these kingdoms fall. All these rulers fail. And there's never going to be a kingdom that lasts, a country or an empire that lasts, a superpower that lasts, there's not going to be a country that can pull it off. And so only, only Jesus Christ 
is going to be the only king, the only ruler that will bring an everlasting peace to this world. So from me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time as we continue our study into this awesome book of Daniel. So now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, can't wait to see you go through all this and see what you have to say. So God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And I'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Daniel chapter 11, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 14. So chapter 11 is a continuation from chapter 10. So chapters 10, 11, and 12 all deal with the same vision. And uh, this chapter fills in some of the details of the 70 weeks of um, chapter 9 that was talked about, which concerned Daniel's people and also fills in some of the details of the multi-metallic image in chapter 2 and um, the wild beasts of chapter 7. So the last study that we had um, shows that Satan um, hindered the angel in coming to give Daniel the answer because it did concern Persia and Grecia that were important concerning Daniel's people. So this chapter also bridges prophetically part of the gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So there's the intertestament period that was a time of Israel's greatest travail that was uh you know a lot of suffering that they actually went through because you know they were moving from um one particular empire to another particular empire who because they had made like you know a couple of mistakes um in deciding who exactly to actually um seek alliances with so you know this was the greatest um period of suffering for them um to date so they suffered at the hands of Syria and Egypt, and then later um, on they suffered at the hands of Rome, and this we can find in the New Testament. So in this period we find the rise of Antiochus Epiphanes the Great, and he will be a type of Antichrist who is yet to come. So he is a member of the Seleucidae family, um, if you remember the four generals after Alexander the Great passed away, they divided <clears throat> their areas geographically. And um, so Lucius came from the Seleucidite family. And this is where Antiochus's line is coming from. So he was anti-Semitic and a persecutor of Jews. So he executed um, any... Um, Sorry, not he executed. <clears throat> yeah, he executed, you know, a lot of, he killed a lot of Jews and all. And he was very anti-Semitic. So he far exceeds, um, you know, any Pharaoh or, you know, or even Russia or any Hitler today. So he is known as the Nero of Jewish history. And he's been labeled the great profaner or, um, you know, the 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 man of sin so when this chapter was given when this chapter was given um everything was in the future so it was prophetic when it was given 
but part of it has been fulfilled. Um, the most part of it has been fulfilled, and now it's um, historic. So now, from verses 1 to verse 20, we have the vision of um, chapter 10 continued, and this is historical. It covers the period from Darius. At the time, the vision was given to Daniel um, to the division of um, the empire of Alexander the Great, and it bridges the gap from Media Persia over to Greece, from Asia to Europe. So it's the transition of world power from one continent to another, from the east to the west, and the nation Israel was caught between these different powers at this time, and it was a period of great suffering for these people. So now, I will begin to read scripture, verse 1 of chapter 14 of the book of Daniel. Sorry, what am I saying? Verse 1 of chapter 11 of the book of Daniel, and it reads, Also in the first year of Darius the Mede, I even I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. So here, the speaker is the angel Gabriel. And the time is the same as in chapter 6. So it was during the period Daniel was actually cast into the den of lions. And Darius tried in vain you know, to actually um, deliver Daniel from this particular fate. But um, he actually failed. And Gabriel confirmed Darius in his faith and comforted and assisted Daniel at this particular time when he was thrown into the den of lions. And, you know, Daniel had actually spoken, my God has sent his angel and he's shut the lion's mouth. So this actually confirms what Daniel said, that there was God's angel present at that particular time when he was thrown into the den of lions. Verse 2 of chapter 11 goes on to read, and now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings will arise in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than them all. By his strength through his riches, he shall stir up all he shall stir up all against the realm of Greece. Um so here, you know, from um you know from, from, from verse two, um here through to verse thirty four, um is a remarkable example of pre-written history so here is prophecy which has been literally fulfilled and critics demand you know a later date for the composition of this particular book but whatever you know critics can demand whatever they want um and um you know the four kings uh will be notable kings that have been actually described here so after cyrus um and we find this um in chapter 10 verse 1 and this is actually also mentioned about these four kings. If I go to chapter 10 of Daniel, verse 1, it reads, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. So here, you know, four notable kings are going to actually rise. That's what we have here. Um, and one of them will be far richer than um, them all. So now, um, 
we have the four notable kings here we have um, that's after Cyrus we have um, Cambyasis who was um, in uh, 529 BC that's uh, in media Persia that's after Cyrus and then the second king was pseudo Mertis um, he was king in 522 BC then the third king was Darius his his tapis his taspis sorry um, he was king in 521 BC and then the fourth king was Xerxes and he invaded Greece in 480 BC and he was defeated by Alexander the Great and never again did media Persia make a bid for world dominion again so Xerxes is the Hajiras believes to be in believed to actually be mentioned in the book of Esther and he was very rich as the prophecy actually said he would be so verse 3 of scripture um, that's Daniel chapter 11 reads then a mighty king shall arise who shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will so here the mighty king here is Alexander the Great who came to power in 335 BC over the Graco-Macedonia Empire and he put down Persia and assumed world dominion. So here you can see like all this has been literally fulfilled and it's very remarkable, very, very remarkable. Um, um, you know, um, an example of like pre-written history. And uh, verse 4 of um, Daniel chapter 4, 11 goes on to read and when he has arisen his kingdom shall be broken up and divided toward the four winds of heaven but not among his posterity nor according to his dominion with which he ruled for his kingdom shall be uprooted even for others besides these so alexander the great you know he was a great ruler like you know according to history he was a great military strategist but he died of alcoholism in 323 BC at a young age and um, his own posterity did not inherit his vast kingdom so four of his generals divided the, the empire and that's the four winds that are being talked about here so four of his generals divided the empire into four geographical areas over which each ruled and the division was um, like so so we have Cassander who took um, Macedonia uh, Lysimachus took Asia Minor which is modern day Turkey today so Lucius took Syria and a great deal of the Middle East and uh, Ptolemy took Egypt and these are the four families um, and they actually warred amongst themselves and lost their kingdoms eventually when the Romans actually marched east Scripture goes on to read in verse 5, Also the king of the south shall become strong as well as one of his princes, and he shall gain power over and have dominion. His dominion shall be great, shall be a great dominion. So here now, the king of the south. South of what? So every time there's direction in the Bible, when they say north, south, and all, they mean, um, you know, of the nation Israel of Palestine so um, so it's gonna be north east west it's of the nation Israel so south of Israel is Egypt right and Ptolemy is the king of the south 
and one the one mentioned here is Ptolemy uh, Legas and after this there was a gap in the historic record verse 6 goes on to read and at the end of some years they shall join forces for the daughter of the king of the south shall go to the king of the north to make an agreement but she shall not retain the power of her authority and neither he nor his authority shall stand but she shall be given up with those who brought her and with him who begot her and with him who strengthened her in those times right so now here um, the king of the north refers to the line of the Seleucidae, right? And the verse here brings us up to 250 BC. So, you know, some of the, and now here we have some of the workings of what went on in that particular court according to history. So history fulfills this, um, you know, um, you know, like it fulfills this particular prophecy. So there was an alliance formed between these two warring families because these families were at war. Um, so Ptolemy, um, Piladetheus, the son, I hope I'm actually reading that correctly. Uh, Ptolemy, Piladetheus, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, Ptolemy, Piladetheus, the son of Ptolemic Legas gave his daughter Bernice in marriage to Antiochus Theos of Syria. And Antiochus was already married to um, Leodice, who he divorced. And then um, Ptolemus Philadelphus died. And then Antiochus Theos poisoned Bernice and her son and took back his first wife, um, Leodice, Leodice, who in turn poisoned Antiochus Theos and put her son, um, so Lucius Kalanikas, on the throne. So those were the inner workings of this particular court. That's what happened. And um, that's what verse um, 6 is talking about. Verse 7 goes on to read, But from the branch of her roots, one shall arise in his place who shall come with an army enter the fortress of the king of the north and deal with them and prevail so here you know there was uh, Ptolemy Urgentes the brother of Bernice who was actually poisoned by Antiochus Theos so he came with an army and captured Syria and seized the port um, that is known as um, Antioch now so verse 8 and 9 goes on to read, And he shall also carry their gods captive to Egypt with their princes and their precious articles of silver and gold, and he shall continue more years than the king of the north. Verse 9, Also the king of the north shall come to the kingdom of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. So now here, Ptolemy, um, Ptolemy Urgentis, who took, uh, you know, took his booty into Egypt. So that was um, 4,000 uh, talents of gold, 
40,000 talents of silver and 250, let's, sorry, 2,500 idols. So all this has actually been literally fulfilled. Now it's historical, but it was prophetic then. Verse 10, I'll read verse 10 to verse 13, which reads, However, his son shall stir up strife and assemble a multitude of great forces, and one shall certainly come and overwhelm the pass overwhelm and pass through then he shall return to his fortress and stir up strife verse 11 and the king of the south shall be moved with rage and go out and fight with him with the king of the north who shall muster a great multitude but the multitude shall be given into the hand of the enemy when he has taken away the multitude his heart will be lifted up and he will cast down tens of thousands and he will not prevail verse 13 for the king of the north will return and master a multitude greater than the former and shall certainly come to the end of some years sorry and shall certainly come at the end of some years with a great army and much equipment so now here you know we can see there was actually a continued warfare between egypt and syria and it's during this particular period that Israel actually seemed to act to make the wrong choice and found you know herself being made captive you know um, by one and then the other because these two were warring families and they were just fighting in Egypt and Israel kept on making you know the wrong choices of who to seek alliance with instead of just um, seeking their God seeking the one and true God not their God our one and true God. Verse 14 goes on to read, Now in those times many shall rise up against the king of the south, also violent men of your people shall exalt themselves in fulfillment of the vision, but they shall fall. So here, you know, it simply is stating many of the nation Israel were slain, and at this particular time, and um, they endured a lot of suffering from both, you know, the king of the north and the king of the south. And finally, a king of the north will actually arise and will be a type of um, antichrist who is actually coming. So that's um, in the next study that we're going to see. But here we just have, you know, um, historic and prophetic events that actually happened. And, you know, in order for us to actually understand, um, you know, you know, like where we're coming from and where we're actually going in the book of Daniel. And I, I do appreciate, you know, this much information. It was all like really detailed and explained. And um, thank goodness Dr. Jamie McGee went all out and actually explained this. Very interesting. And, you know, these historic facts um, to actually prove critics um, that this prophecy actually came to fulfillment, though critics still stand up and still claim, you know, a later date of um, the book of Daniel when it was written. But it still happened. And it's still in the word of God. It's still prophetic. And it happened. Um, you know, critics can criticize all they want. Uh, for me, what counts is, you know, it's in the word of, the God, it's in the word of God and it's prophetic. And um, 
and we have now we're going to see now a picture of the antichrist who's going to rise up and that's the little horn that uh, is being talked about um in the next um study that we're going to have so yeah this is today's teaching thank you all for listening in it's been a great and informative um historic and partly prophetic um study um and very knowledgeable thank you all for listening in god bless and have a pleasant monday bye-bye Thank you.